Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host Diane Gibbs and I'm here with my friend Mitch Shepard and he um, has a pretty interesting story and I guess he did what we kind of all want to do at some point. He just went to work, he got up, he told his boss he was quitting and he left like that day and sometimes we just all want to be that ballsy and have that much courage or we're just so fed up but sometimes we have all these other things so we're going to kind of dig in and talk about why he did that and then how he's been growing his brand humbly made um since then and how he had <laughs> yes i did kevin um uh, <laughs> anyway hey zach um and hey peter everybody's here so thanks guys for coming so um mitch welcome to the show Thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yay. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit about your background and like where you grew up, where you went to school and what you were doing before the day. Sure. Yeah, no. Uh, so I grew up in Ohio, a small little farm town, about 30 minutes outside of Columbus. Um, I had a regular upbringing, had a, you know, my, my dad was a blue collar worker. Uh, your, your typical Midwestern upbringing, I guess. Um, and in high school, you know, I was never really the guy who uh, doodled a lot and drew, drew a lot, but I knew I always liked to, like, problem solve or, like, create stuff in some way. Uh, and so in, in high school, I took this uh, video production class that um, kind of gave me, like, the first little glimpse of having a career in the creative uh, field. Um, and so fast forward to college, I signed up for uh, some video classes and, and kind of learned that, like, that wasn't exactly it. Uh, and and landed in the graphic design field. I had some uh, friends who were in graphic design. I had kind of dabbled a little bit with it in high school, and uh, so I went that route. Um, I went to uh, the University of Akron up in the, uh, Cleveland, or in the shadow of Cleveland, uh, before uh, moving down here to North Carolina. So that was kind of a quick, quick uh, intro, but yeah. So, but you ended up getting a degree in design, or no? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I graduated with a BFA um, in graphic design. Um, it was a very traditional school. Uh, the school I went to, um, you know, a lot of you know life drawing classes and and stuff like that. Um, but I knew when I wanted to get like when I got out of school that uh, at least in my mind the only way I could really make a living uh, with my skill set and what I wanted to do would be in web design. So um, I didn't I didn't really focus on web design in school. They didn't really have that program. And I think, they didn't have a track that was just right. Exactly. I think a lot of schools didn't really have anything back then. Um, I think they're starting to slowly finally catch up and have like oh. some UI and UX stuff. Yeah. Um, so I knew I, getting out, I needed to get my feet in that, uh, you know, that space. And so I worked at a couple little agencies here locally when I moved down. Um, most of them web centric. The first one was kind of like an everything utility graphic design kind of job. And the second one was uh, more focused in web. So I just quickly like dove into that world and, and learned it. And um, luckily for me, I actually became really good at it. Uh, and so it worked out for a while uh, until the dreaded day. <laughs> so, so you were kind of explaining, you were at a regular agency. Agencies are, you know, it's the time you have to have seven hours of billable hours for every eight hour day or six hours or whatever. So or can, nine out of nine hours and eight hours. Nine out of eight. <laughs> yeah, that's more of what it is. 
but it can be really stressful and it's a different way to kind of um, live and work. And sometimes there's not that as much collaboration when you're so on the, on the clock. Um, so, so is that some of the main reasons or were you just not able to do a lot of creative work or what? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, so the two years prior that I spent doing design before I got uh, in the agency setting, um, were great and it caught me up to speed. And then when I finally landed in that, uh, in that job uh, at the agency, I felt very honored and very like privileged that I like finally had a seat at a bigger company. It was like a big shot for me to like test how well I can do this job and, you know, get my feet wet with it and, and, and see if I can sink or swim. Um, so I was there for roughly three years. Uh, the first two years were great. Just kind of learning, um, and collaborating with people that I didn't normally like I wasn't used to that setting so you know the teams were bigger um, there was people who were dedicated to just UX or just the front-end development so there was a whole new world um, and I got to work with some awesome people um, but around the third year is kind of when it started to take its toll um, mainly because of uh, kind of a lot of things it wasn't really just like one thing it was a combination of a lot of things um, the internal processes had, had taken its toll on me, um, stress and the rigor of the everyday, you know, work day, uh, everything. Which is worse when it's your, your own company. So like, yeah, <laughs> at least it's for yourself though. So you feel more fulfillment. Um, and then we can chat about that too, but, uh, it was, it was time for change. So I left, um, you know, the internal processes felt suffocating every day felt like the same day. Uh, I didn't, I felt like I hit a brick wall. Like the projects just seemed to be the same. Like you, they could have given me, uh, you know, a medical website one day and a dog grooming site the other day. And they both felt they could have been the same. Like at that, like the way everything was working there, I just, it could have been the exact same site. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, and so it's funny. I'm glad Scotty joined us, but, uh, I listened to his podcast a little bit the other day and he touched on something that reminded me of something I kind of forgot about, uh, which, I would sit there every night before, you know, I'd have to go to bed and just sit there and Netflix or like scroll on my phone and just die, like try to just stay up as late as I possibly could to just like digest any kind of entertainment to um, mask the, the feeling of, of uh, you know, the, the dreaded day that I had ahead of me. So, um, yeah, it was time to go. And, and so I did. So... Um, and Scotty, if you don't mind, stick your link to your iTunes so the in the chat, and then that way other people can listen too. Because I listened to it this morning, and it is really uplifting, but it is kind of trying. And so Jordan, Jordan earlier was like, "Tell me everything. Tell me the secrets, Mitch." You know. And so <laughs> I, I really do feel like it takes. I guess awesome. It takes a lot of guts. I'll say guts this time, Kevin, instead of the other word, right? Um, and hey, mom, if you're listening. So okay, Joseph. Lots of people. Thanks, guys, for coming. Um, so, or coming for Mitch, I guess. Um, it's all you, Diane. No, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I think it takes guts to do that. But it also you have to keep up the guts because at some point you need to make money, and this sure. idea or this thing you're trying, your family's like, "Come on, man, when are you going to get a job?" Right? Sure. And so, you have to like make it so that it's real and that you're working and you do end up working a lot more for yourself than you did in the daily, but it's not the same thing. It's not like factory work, which sure. maybe that's what the website stuff was feeling like. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. So anyway, so, um, okay. So you, you, what happens that day? Cause you go to work and you, did you know when you were going to work that you were going to leave in an hour? Um, yeah, I mean, I did. So it's funny to look back on now and reflect and like a lot of people want to like go, Oh, I want to do that. Right. At the time, it wasn't like a vindictive thing. It wasn't something that like I just, you know, sticking it to the man type of thing. I was just burnt and, and I didn't, I knew I had nothing left in me. And like, I literally ate that feeling for probably six to eight months before I finally walked in one day and I was like, I just, I knew in my heart, I just, I couldn't do anything today. Like there was no work that was getting done. Um, and so the night before staying up as late as I possibly could tweeting, Instagramming, you know, uh, Netflixing, whatever, just to drown out the noise. Um, I told myself tomorrow I'm going to go quit. And I think it just, it was a combination of six to eight months or whatever it was. It just finally hit me. And so I woke up the next morning. Um, I was never the guy to come in the office early, uh, which really isn't like a good sign because you obviously don't want to be there. Um, but that day, that was probably one of maybe a handful of days that I was there early. And so I went in, um, I, I took my backpack. I, I lived really close at the time. So I walked to work actually, um, took my backpack, got there about 30, 40 minutes before my creative director, uh, packed up my desk and I just waited and I just, I just waited for her to show up. And as soon as she showed up, I just pounced on her and went in her office. Um, <laughs> and I was like, look. I really appreciate the opportunities I had here. I've learned a lot. You guys are awesome people. The culture here is great. I just know in the heart, my, my heart's a heart. I'm just done. And I did tell her, hey, look, if you need me to stay on for another week or two, right, a two-week thing, I can. But you can tell me, I can look you right in your eyes right now and say, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'll come in for two weeks, but I will just be here. Um, and so – fast forward I'm sitting in the HR's office signing the papers like the you know the release or whatever right whatever crap they have um and then I walked home and that was it and that walk home was very defining uh and very scary because I had no idea what I was gonna do <laughs> so um that so, walk seemed a lot longer than it was so you know this is a question that I asked you as we were kind of doing this, but the, the test one, but I think that this is a important question. So this sure. was just kind of you building, building, building. It wasn't like, Hey, I've saved two months worth of rent and bills <laughs> and I have this really booming freelance business. Nope. It was, this is why it was so gutsy. Like, Hey, I, this is not healthy for me anymore. Right. And I got to go somewhere else. Yeah, totally. I, I had no, uh, no plan of what I was going to do. I mean, she even asked me before I left the door, um, what are your plans? Like you have to have something lined up, right? Like you're crazy, man, if you don't. And I told her, I didn't know. I said, I might go back to school. Um, I might be a garbage man. I don't know, but I just couldn't do it. And, and it was weighing that heavy on me. I still, I don't know exactly why, just so many things, but, um, but yeah, so I, I didn't have freelancer, freelance work. Um, I, I knew an, an okay amount of people here locally, but like probably not enough to really lean on. Mm. Um, and so I had about three months or so worth of savings and that was it. But that's great. So three months to pay all your bills for three months, but really yeah. not enough to like 
start a business oh and have and live right no, definitely not that, that's like meager living like probably most Robin. people maybe like yeah pretty much um yeah no it wasn't it was not like a healthy three months of savings by any means. <laughs> um, you know it was in, in full transparency it was probably about uh, maybe a little over a thousand dollars a month so you know three four thousand dollars in the bank account that's that's not a lot and i would never ever advise anybody to leave their job with just that amount of money um yeah it's scary and we're glad that matt dawson loves ramen just so everybody knows <laughs> and jed of course who doesn't so all right at the beginning you had to so you had this idea that you really wanted to work for yourself and i think i asked you in a second yeah the next or a few questions down um but so what were you just like okay because if you're burned out are you doing client work and then you'd still feel maybe burned out but it's for yourself or are you completely changing and doing just work your own work because uh, here's the thing i think a lot of people just leave the field right they become the garbage man they become a close. seller at uh they make good money pretty for a you know but like sure. you know you you do something else um, and they leave the field and I always feel like that is a waste like this talented person Just yeah. didn't have the right fit they were and they thought that that was what it was like and this industry is so big And I love this industry and it's like this may be the right fit for person a But it's terrible for person B and sure. then person C could have a whole nother different experience and that's what what's great about you can actually try a lot of different things and you can date around you know in the design industry and kind of figure out what part and where you fit and what type of you know firm or agency that you want to be at but um so what was the kind of ratio what did you do that next day or that afternoon like did you just keep walking or did you walk home and then you went I just to I just I just walked and just I never stopped I just forced gump it just kept running um <laughs> no I yeah, the next day, uh, probably the following like month was just kind of like awestruck of like, what did I just do? Um, now, what do I do? And I was definitely that person who was considering, do I leave the industry? Do I find a new thing to do? Um, but it's so hard, obviously, to do that. I mean, that's life changing for one. But for two, you've, you've have all the student loan debt or um, you've gone through all this process to get there. And then now you hate it. And, and, and that that's a whole other topic, but it just sucks to, to, to go to school and then find out five years later, you hate what you just spent a bunch of money to learn. Um, and that's where I was. That's how I felt. And so really probably the first like month, um, I just designed stuff. Um, just useless crap that no one wanted just to, but you still were designing. You still had a passion yeah. for design. It wasn't like you were, there was still something drawing you in, right? Sure. It, it was so, because I did web design for so long, I, um, I didn't really like utilize or like hone in on some like, you know, illustration skills or, um, I was always okay at typography, I guess, but I, I didn't really mess with a lot of that stuff. I was just in this like digital world making these, you know, these sites. What year was this by the way? What year, what did I, what year did you walk out? Did I leave? Uh, it's 16. So 2013. Okay. Um, and so uh, I just made, I made like poster, a couple little posters. I made a Macklemore poster with like some paint effects. I mean, none of it was like awesome stuff, but it was just something to keep the gears turning and maybe find some kind of like new flame. Um, 
So, you know, Scotty Russell, the one I was listening to today, which I'm a big fan. Loves yeah, no, he's awesome. He's here. And Nate Bear's here. Um, anyway, um, so his today that I listened to was about keep going, that you're not always going to make great work. Sure. But just don't stop. Like, keep the more you practice. So they, he read a book called Art and Fear, which I've actually read that book too. And it talked about this one professor. He said, okay, this half of the class is going to make pots all – this is going to try to make as many pots as possible. This half of the class is going to make – quality this we're going after quality and you're going to be graded on quality and the ones that actually had the most quantity actually ended up having better pots because they had time to practice and they were trying and they were you know being more efficient so it ended up being practice and i think of bob ewing i think of you know even yeah. if you're not making beautiful i mean bob makes beautiful things oh you know, no absolutely yeah. but in the beginning it wasn't maybe the most beautiful but again just like scotty doesn't take it off of instagram because i think that that gives hope to sure. people so it's not like, hey, I just came out of the womb doing great typography. Same thing like with you. You start, you go back to something maybe you enjoyed or you 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 liked. There was must have been something pulling you to you get up the next day or that afternoon you start making a poster, right? Yeah, no, totally. It, it, you know, I did some stuff in uh, college. You know, I kind of go back to college stuff. Like I had a, a small brush with screen printing in college. Like we didn't actually get to screen print. So I didn't have any like training before I quit and screen printing by any means. but. We did some screen printing, um, like designed the posters and sent them off to print it like Jack Prince and did some little stuff like that in college, you know, photography work and stuff. And, and, and so I just kind of started looking back at stuff I liked then that, you know, because I never went to, I didn't learn web design there. So what did I like about it when I was there? And it was just, you know, making these little posters or, you know, maybe messing around with some type or a silly logo or whatever. So I just try to refine myself and I'm still doing that and I'm still trying to like, um, be a better illustrator, uh, or, you know, learn new skills. Like I just this year got a Wacom tablet. So, you know, I'm like, you know, that's uh, coming around to that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's been good, but yeah, that was, that was it. I just needed to make something new. And so, I, so you had a computer and you had a maybe CS six or was yeah. it the creative cloud at that point? Uh, when I left, mm -hmm. no, yeah, no, it was definitely like CS five or six back then. I think. Okay. Someone, someone can call. Someone can call me out on the chat, but I'm pretty sure it should at least have been CS6. Right. So you didn't have. You know, it wasn't like you had this other monthly thing that you had to pay for. Right. So you find that you really like screen printing, and that you decided and making things. So then, what was that next step? Because you actually just dug deep. You took maybe a huge pay cut to go and work at a screen printer's. Right. Sure. Yes. Uh, I didn't. Um, so really what happened was I was making all these little silly posters and, and it, it kind of quickly turned into like making some t-shirt designs, um, just local centric ones. Cause I'm here in Raleigh and I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, make an acorn shirt or whatever. And some of that stuff's still on the site. Um, and so I put it all on Etsy and just kind of like as a fun little experiment to see what would happen, you know, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, you know, this stuff's just going to fly off the shelves. I'm going to make, you know, <laughs> thousands of dollars a month and, and, and I'm going to be good to go. I don't need corporate America. I'll just use Etsy, um, which didn't happen. <laughs> Etsy's pretty busy. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I kind of knew that, but um, all joking aside, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I did that for a while. I uh, had a couple sales. It was cool to like interact with a few people who, you know, would buy something here and there. I mean, it wasn't a lot, um, but I had a couple little sales. And so, uh, you know, I use like Printful and some of these like print on demand services to kind of fulfill the stuff. And, so you, you know, weren't, 
you weren't putting a lot into buying a lot of t-shirts, printing sure. a bunch. You right. weren't, you were just designs. testing the market, right? Right. Yeah. Just, I mean, that, that makes it sound like I'm smarter than I was at the time. Um, but yes, we'll go with testing the market. Uh, I really, I was just kind of, you know, messing around just something to do. And so, so I didn't look like I was just, you know, watching Netflix and, and all that. Um, okay, so, so let's, let me ask. So did your Netflix and your um, social media go down at this point because you felt the pressure to do something? It did. Yeah, totally. Like I, like I haven't since I left, I've never laid in bed sitting there just like scrolling or like digesting like entertainment. Like I don't do that anymore. And, and that has, to, that says something, I guess. Man, um, I guess I need to like reevaluate my life because I sit in bed a lot and just go through. So, oh, I guess. Oh, no, don't, I mean, don't, don't get me. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I'm out. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, we still watch Netflix shows and stuff, but like, I just don't, I don't digest the entertainment just to escape something. It's not an escape for me anymore. I know. I'm just playing, uh, but you know, <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, you got me tickled. No, that's okay. Well, I, I forget the question now. Um, so, so the screen printer, so you go and, um, and so in the side, you're actually go and try to learn. And then sure. how did you get a job there? Yeah. So the, the Etsy thing was going okay. Uh, you know, made a little bit of money, but, um, I decided that like, and I think I always knew that I wanted to have, you know, your own dedicated site and Etsy's pretty cluttered and all that. Um, right. Yeah. I have another question. So sure. did you at your old job do e-commerce sites? Uh, we designed some. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I designed a few. It's not, it's not like I had like a background in e-commerce or anything, but like we had worked on some e-commerce sites, but the place I was at had a huge team of like, uh, you know, marketers, developers, like, I mean, it was a pretty big, pretty decent sized place. Um, so I wasn't like I was versed in that. But you knew you could do this. If sure. Need be. Okay. Sure. I mean, it, it's pretty easy that, I mean, I feel like, you know, you can get on Shopify or some of these platforms. I love Shopify. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, I got off, I got off Etsy, opened up a shop, a, 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 a dedicated site. Um, I guess in between that, before I actually opened the site, I was wondering how I could actually make these goods because, you know, the the print the print folds or, and like all those services are great for designers who just want to like make a little extra money. Like, you know, they leave like a few bucks per sale in your pocket for you doing nothing but just slapping your stuff on something. And so those are great and I'm not, you know, knocking those, but I wanted to actually be more serious and take, you know, be able to make a bigger profit on each sale and, and take it more seriously. Um, and so I didn't know how to do that. And so at this point, did you have Humbly made or were you doing something else? Yeah. So I, I was pursuing this, not really knowing it. I was using uh, like a made by Mitch kind of tag for the Etsy shop and stuff. Um, and so when I decided to take it a little more seriously, I kind of came up with a better name. At least I think it's better. Um, but so in that transition from Etsy to real site, I wanted to know how to actually make the goods. And so what I did as I was on Instagram, uh, I was trying to promote, I think something, and I came across a local screen printing shop who needed help. And so a light bulb went off and I said, Hey, I know how to do design and let me reach out and see this guy if he'll, if he'll teach me how to print. And so I went in there and I said, Hey, you know, um, I have a background in design. I can help you. I can do separations. It's not what I've done before, but it's easy enough. Um, I can do all that. And luckily for me, uh, the guy at the time didn't really know anything about design uh, but somehow had a screen printing company, which he had just kind of opened. Um, so he needed help. And I think my design background was kind of enticing, especially for, 
you know, someone who he can pay me 10 to 12 bucks an hour and I have all this background and, you know, knowledge. So I've seemed a little more valuable, I guess, for him. But um, so I was there for probably a little under a year and that's where I learned how to print. Um, so I'm grateful that he brought me in to teach me how to print. Uh, but quickly that, uh, after about eight months or so, that relationship became very toxic. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it was time to leave that place as well. So, but you, you, you weren't just doing design. They actually were letting you, um, oh, learn yeah. how to print too. Like, yeah. You, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They gave me, like I had access to the studio and, and, uh, I had no idea what I was doing before, so I got to, you know, you can teach people how to screen print in a decent, you know, short, short amount of time. Then after that, it's really just repetition and getting better at it because right. um, it's a very manual process, so um, you just got to get a feel for it. But uh, so I, I did that for a while, um, and then it quickly turned into, like, me just being the person running the shop. Um, as soon as I, like, learned it and, and he saw that I could do it, he just kind of – he was going through a lot of stuff. And the partner at the time was just not a very good uh, fit anymore. So, so uh, were you still doing client work on the side or were you just all personal work? Like what uh, percentage? Yes. Uh, uh, you keep asking the percentage. Um, I was, I was probably like at least uh, maybe 20% freelance. Um, and that's not to say that like I had all this money from personal work. It's just, I was, willing to sacrifice and live a little meager, more, more meagerly than um, most people might be. Um, Cause I just didn't want to do the, the freelance work as much. And I wasn't seeking it out when I was at the, like, so I was at the, this other print shop and I was living off of what I was making there somehow. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, I decided that I didn't really want to take on too much. So I do a couple little logos here and there, maybe a website here and there just to get like a nice little bump in cash, but it wasn't a lot. But you also said that you and your girlfriend made sacrifices. Like you don't go out as much. It wasn't like you were just continuing with your regular life. Like you said, sure. hey, I'm going to do this and I'm, we're going to have to make sacrifices so that this, sure. I can really make, try it at this business, right? Oh, oh yeah, goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, we used to go out a lot. Um, you know, we used to go out with our friends a lot and go to, you know, because we live in a pretty hip little city and there's always new stuff. And so we would go out to restaurants all the time uh, or, or, you know, little, little cocktail bars or whatever. Um, and luckily she's been a huge support. I couldn't do it without her. Uh, and, and she was okay with, you know, sacrificing stuff. We don't have kids. Um, you know, we're not married yet. And so I guess to some degree we have a lot more flexibility because of some of those things than maybe others do. Um, and by no means am I telling anybody to do that stuff, but uh, hopefully it's inspiring in some way. All right, so, um, so then you quit the screen printing place, and it's not like you're hard to get along with because you're super easy to get along with. But I actually think this is one of your superpowers: is you're able to actually listen to yourself. And I think maybe a lot of people don't. Me and you were talking last week, and I take notes while we talk because um, it's funny because I have your percentages written down. And that was incorrect. <laughs> Did I, did, I, did I mess it up? Oh, shoot. No, 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 no. You didn't tell me that one, actually. Oh, okay. um, I didn't think so, yeah. <laughs> it I was kind of rambled on, I think, on that one. No, no, it's good. Um, but you talked about that, you know, things that you had learned um, about yourself. And, you know, how, how did you realize most people will just keep going for 15 years, 20 years, just kind of doing the same rhythm and pattern because one, it's easy because they know it and change is difficult and they would have to sacrifice something and they would have to give something up. And I know a lot of people, especially when they change, 
since our industry is large. So if I went out and I said, hey, I want to do more UX UI work, I can't charge the same as what I'm charging for my, you know, regular stuff as right. on something that I'm learning new because right. you're doing hourly. Um, and so you have to kind of adjust and, and change and grow and so you can learn. And a lot of times people have too many other commitments that they have to do. So that was one of your things, but other people could, they can make those changes um, even though they have commitments, but. Sure, you just have um, to be willing to, to not, you have to be willing to give up some stuff and, and like pursuit of something that's maybe higher. Like, you know, going to that restaurant or that like cocktail bar or whatever it may be, or going out to the movie or something like, it was all fun when we were doing it, you know, a, a good amount, but it, at some point I lost its luster too. Like I just, I just wanted to do something greater than just be, and I just wanted to do something greater than just like doing this job to make this money so I can do these things that really didn't matter. Like it didn't matter that I went to this Thai restaurant or whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. Like the pursuit of happiness matters. And if, if this is my vehicle for that, then that matters. And right. so that's, that's kind of where I am with it. All right. So, um, but somehow you have this tapped into yourself that you can listen to yourself more than maybe I listen to myself. So what, what would you do? Would you not listen to music? Would you just be quiet? Would you, I mean, do you write in the morning? Like, what do you do? How did you self reflect and get out of those things quickly? Um, well, I mean the, leaving the agency was kind of just the culmination of a lot of months. I mean, I really wasn't that good at, at that point of listening to myself. It, I think I eventually did. And I think maybe I did it quicker than some people, you know, the guy who's still sitting there 10 years later in the corner hating himself. But I just, you know, I saw my dad growing up, you know, working for 30 years, breaking his back, um, you know, for another company and he made a great living. We had a great upbringing, but I've just seen people around me and, and I've kind of like studied other folks just socially around me and just seeing like why they're unhappy and it, and it just seems to be too many people. Um, and, and so I don't want to be that. And while I'm still stressed and I still work more than I probably ever did before, I'm happy to be stressed and I'm happy to more work harder because it's actually for myself and a bigger goal than just making some other company money. Um, right. and so I'm okay with that. So really it is this pursuit of happiness, this, um, doing something for a bigger cause and more than just making money. Right. And you had seen your dad just working a job and not having a career and not having something that he really enjoyed that he yeah. spent most of his days at. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Um, I just didn't want to do that. I couldn't, I, I didn't, I didn't have it myself and I kept trying to be that when I was there and swallowing it down and, and uh, eventually it just came to a boil and thank goodness it did. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sitting here talking uh, to you or uh, have, haven't known half the folks that are in this, in this chat and you know, at all. So. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it does bubble over and I think, sure. but I actually think yours was pretty um, fast. So Terrence had a question and uh, Jordan for what you just said, said, amen. So <laughs> Mitch, how long did you work for other people before you decided to set out on your own? Which I actually think is a great question because we really don't know that yet. Sure. Uh, so I guess probably about five or six years um, between the, the couple places I was at before I was at, at the, at the agency job. Um, and then I give myself maybe six months to a year after that when I quit. 
um, with some little projects. And don't get me wrong, I still have a few little clients here and there, but none of them are very consistent. It's just, hey, I need a logo. So probably about five years. Um, so I guess in the term of someone's career, that's a pretty short time to figure out a new path or that you really hate to do these things and I really want to pursue these things. Um, so, yeah. So, okay, yeah, good job, Terrence. You win today. Um, so, um, so what is the goal? So, you, if you still have a few little clients, is that kind of the goal to have like a twenty percent um, clients, just so that you have something and that your your skills are still being used, or and then eighty percent doing your own thing? That ideally, a hundred percent would be the goal. Um, I don't really have like retainers or full-time cl like clients that come to me consistently. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been one-offs like here, you know, I need a logo or I need this. But what, what's starting to happen is because I've shaped uh, my path in a way to be like the t-shirt guy. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I, I've started to be like the branding t-shirt um, track. And so what's happening is I'm starting to get maybe freelance clients that are just interested in me designing a t-shirt. So it's kind of flipped in terms of like, I don't need, I'm not getting calls for websites. It's like, I, I want to do a t-shirt with you um, or a collaboration, um, like, a, like a campaign, like I did a campaign with a, a local charity here in Raleigh uh, to raise money for cancer. Um, and so I'm starting to get that kind of stuff. And those clients are great. Um, and I'm starting to get a little bit of print clients because I opened up uh, printing uh, services this year as well. So in terms of clients, maybe those are still clients, but they're not the typical client that I that I had before, and so it's a nice change. But it's not it's not like you're trying not to do work for other people, and you just want to produce your own work. It's right. actually you don't mind that if it's still in t-shirts or if it's something like that. Like you actually right. enjoy maybe the process of solving a problem for somebody else. Sure, no, I totally do, and, I, and I've done some website stuff too. And, and you know, if it hits my desk and and things, you know, the bank account's a little a little low, maybe I'll take it. Um, but I, I really want to be diligent about like carving out this new path and it's going to take a long time and, and it's not like people are beating down my door right now, but I am getting some stuff and I'm starting to see, you know, they say show up to every, you know, for two years every day consistently and you'll start to see some kind of change. Well, it's been about two years on a serious track of doing this and I'm starting to see that I'm starting to get my, my inbox is starting to get, you know, dinged a little bit with some, some inquiries for print jobs or for t-shirt designs. Um, I just got one today on my phone. Uh, and so that's good. And, that, and that's kind of where I want to be for now at least. So, All right. So Terrence said, thanks for answering. It's awesome that you realize you need to make the leap. So early on in your career, it took him much more, much longer to realize what he needed to do. So Terrence will be on the show later, Sweet. either in the year or next year. I can't remember. And so we'll dig into that when we have him on there. But it's that's always fun. good. I actually, that's one of the things that impressed me with you, Mitch, was that you decided early and that you still stayed in the field. Um, that the field was still exploratory for you, that it didn't sure. give you such a bad taste, you know, sure. acid in your mouth. Sure. I mean, I, screen printing in a lot of ways saved me from that because it, it was, it, I looked at it as like, okay, it's a, it's a, cause I always like to make stuff with my hands. And, and, and so it was a way for me to bridge the gap between like a manual labor job um, and, and design and, and it kind of brought both of those together. So in a way, screen printing saved me from quitting the industry completely, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, let's, well, let me get to the next question. This sort of still has that same thing, but you and I talked about this and I really liked what you had to say. Um, you talk about the difference between working for clients 
and working for customers. Can you elaborate and share with them what you told me last week? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so in my view, I'm not an expert at it, but you know, just based on my experience, um, you know, working for a, a, a client, uh, had like its drawbacks for me and that's why it burnt me out. Um, it was, you're always trying to, trying to convince them and push your ideas. You're supposed to be the expert. So you're cons consistently trying to uh, change their preconceived notions of like how to solve the problem. Cause when they come to you, they're, they, ha you normally they'll have some kind of an idea of what they want. They just want you to, to, to do it right. They want you to be the doer. Um, and those are bad clients. Uh, and so you're trying to change their perception of how to solve this problem that you obviously got hired to do. Um, and so that just, that kind of process would burn me out a lot. Um, and, and so with customers, I like the, the customer service aspect. I like to engage people. Like I didn't really get to engage the clients as much where I was. And that's probably partly in, in terms of the process that was, was at the, at the company. Um, but with customers, you, it's, it's fun to just say like, Oh, I'm, you know, if, if there's an issue, it's an easy to solve. You just send them a new shirt or you just give them a refund or, you just get their feedback. It's not this like huge overarching issue that they paid $40,000 to get done. Um, and so it's a little more lighthearted. Um, and the interaction and the relationships that are built are just are what stands out that, that are the differences between the two to me. So um, one of the things that I also love about you is that you, you have your own brand, you do your own thing, but then you also have done a collaboration project, which we're going to talk to about in a minute. But, um, I think your customer service now, granted, I think you're doing it just for me, but maybe you do it for everybody, but you always like put a handwritten note in yep. my, uh, with everybody, you do it with everybody? I'm not special? Uh, well, you, you are very special. <laughs> I, write, I write more notes on yours. Um, but yeah, I try, I try to do that. Um, just to like kind of bridge the, the gap between the screens, right? Like, uh, I think it's it's a it's cool customer service. I think it's a cool little touch. So I don't know. I just like to write notes to people. I keep them. Like I have one on my desk at home, and I have one in the bathroom. I know it seems funny, but it's just really nice. And so to me, your customer service goes up. And so this this collaboration project. So Ryan Cutthroat. I don't know how to say Ryan. Cutthroat. Cutthroat. Yeah. Love, this is my favorite shirt. Now, Lenny, I love your shirt too, but this is my favorite so far. Yeah. Um, and so it is, this was like March, I think. Yes. And so then Lenny's shirt, which is super cute. Yep. You also right. get stickers. So yep. I have this on my, and see how he's like touching the Jack prints, like whatever that little Jack thing is, you know? <laughs> it's um, a Jack. Yeah, I don't know what, anyway, should have known that. Anyway, but like I got this at Creative South and I was like, I'm going to put Lenny's little guy. So you get stickers, you're getting, um, I do, I think customer service is incredibly important and those extra little things of that I actually really feel like you're writing to me, you know, and it's not like, and I do stuff like that too when people, you know, buy something from me, if it's a sketchbook or I try to like write them something you know because I do sure. appreciate it you know absolutely it's SPD <laughs> Diane and her SPD with her shirts her t do you know what <laughs> SPD is I don't know anyway I'm, I'm not sure um yeah I mean I think it's a I think it's a good way to, to connect with people I mean I sensory <laughs> processing disorder yeah I just I think it's uh 
I, I really do like, like you spent your money or whoever else, you know, and, and they come and, and they can spend their $25 anywhere. Um, something twist. They can spend their money anywhere. And, and so if they chose to spend it on the site, I, I am very grateful because yeah. it, it's, a, it's very transparent. You are going to pay my light bill or help pay my light bill for the, you know, it, it's, it's that bare bones. I mean, it's just me. Um, I do want to shout out Lenny cause now I do have the opportunity since I've, I've left the other, uh, print, print studio that I get to, uh, work with Lenny every day. He's, he's brought me into a studio and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's me, you know, I get to leverage some of Lenny's, uh, knowledge and help and, and we help each other, uh, with jobs. But other than that, it's just me. And, and so I am very grateful for your, for your $25. Um, right. Right. So, and the one thing, it's not always the same kind of tea and me and you had talked about this before. So when I had like, I, we did like a Skype lunch or something yep. back before creative South. And I don't remember when it is. Cause I talked to a lot of people on the computer. Sure. Um, so, but we, and, you know, one thing I've noticed or I, I love the shirts are really soft. Um, and I do like soft things like Jason. This I like Jed, something police department. I like that. I think that's better than sensory processing disorder, but probably. <laughs> um, but I think, so they're really soft, but like Lenny's is like a ringer tee and it's yeah. not. And so one of the questions I had asked you a while back was like, well, what about women? Like I would love to get my sister one of those Durham shirts or the Raleigh shirts because she lives there, but she's not going to wear a men's shirt like I do. I don't care, but she's special with how she wears her shirts or something. So, you know, and then you did. It's now there's something I actually can order a women's shirt. And so sure. like even like the, I ordered the Nathan Yoders, which I'm real excited about getting the the kindness, right? Yep. And then I got the baseball tee. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I like, I bought it the first day or one of the first days. And then you I did. was like, I, you send out another email and thank goodness you send out more emails. And I read it and I was like, Oh crap, they have another one that I really wanted. Can I get the baseball one instead of the, the regular one? Cause I thought, Oh, well that's really cool. And so instead yep. of just giving me one option, Hey, you can just get a regular t-shirt. It's like you have, options like you could I could have gotten a regular t-shirt for Nathan's or I could have gotten the baseball it's a three-quarter length sleeves yep. there were a couple well, the, options well, right? the woman's tee yeah yeah um it's so doing doing this that is the that is one of the harder parts or the challenges is like offering something new and offering something in different sizes all, all these variables different sizes styles and all that so because this is like a pre-order model I'm able to kind of do that um and so I've definitely seen a response where, you know, people have wanted women's t-shirts and it's not that I have anything against uh, women's t-shirts. It's just logistically, it makes more sense for me to just get unisex tees when I'm actually like producing them on a, not a, not a, a pre-order uh, model. So, so yeah, with this, it's, it's been awesome to do that. So I have, I have other things like with tees, like we could go into other, like I have pet peeves cause I'm kind of smaller. Um, and so I feel like some people make their tees like edge to edge, like they're like from here to here. And if you are endowed at all, your thing wraps around and we can't read what the side was, you know, from the front. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's frustrating for a girl with boobs to have that, you know, have that. And so like, that's one of this is, I mean, I really like this shirt. And it's really, you can see it all from the front. And so, um, but um, let me go back to the question over here and I will stop talking about boobs. Um, but, uh, no, it was 
Stephen said, um, Mitch, are most of your teas printed with water-based sinks? And that was actually one of the things that you really wanted to go to because it was yeah. a lot of chemicals. And you yeah. were telling me like one of the things was like, if you use this, it will give you cancer, right? Yeah. Yeah, the old, so the old shop we use what's called Plastisol inks. It's literally just a liquid plastic. And if anyone's ever had a shirt, which most of you probably have all had those shirts because they're very popular to use because they're cheaper to make, um, you can feel the print. And so uh, having leaving, left that shop and, and, and working in Lenny's shop now, um, that's all we use is water-based. So that, that transition was awesome. The quality is way better. Um, and yeah, the, the, the chemicals and stuff we had to use for that Plastisol ink was awful. Like it literally, the thing you were talking about, it literally didn't say, uh, warning, this may give you cancer. It was like, this is going to this give you cancer. cancer. <laughs> this is cancer in a bottle. And I was like, how can they even sell this stuff? It was awful. Um, so luckily I might not die at an early age because of those chemicals. Thanks. Thanks to, uh, the move. So, <laughs> so, um, so, um, I, somebody, hang on. I'm on my web show. Oh, okay. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the chair now. So people like I have windows. So it's like a to go place, I guess. Anyway, so another professor is like, I need something. And I'm like, I'm kind of busy. Awesome. Hold on. Yeah. Um, so, so how, how would you tell, I say buggers a lot, you know, instead of cuss words. Um, <laughs> So ha Steven says, well, he has a screen printing sh equipment yep. and he wants to transition from Plastisol to water-based, um, but he thinks he might need a better dryer. Is that something? Uh, I mean, you might. I don't know what you have, so that's, that's kind of hard to, to, to answer that, I guess. But, I mean, there, there are even stuff in water-based inks you can, you know, apply an additive where it can just dry, um, you know, air dry. Uh, it, it might take a few hours or whatever, but you can look into that stuff, too. I mean, I know... Uh, talking to Lenny when he used to, uh, ha he, when he had a smaller space, he used to dry his shirts with just the heat gun using water base. So, you know, maybe look into something like that because those heat guns aren't it's, as expensive. Stephen, where are you located? Because it, that could be different too. Like if you're way down south, like where Fabio and me and Peter are, it may be wetter. And then maybe in North Carolina, it's drier. It's still pretty humid there too. Oh, so. <laughs> it's really humid. <clears throat> We walk out of the shower and we're just as wet, you know, it's the same way when you walk outside in Mobile. That's awful. Uh, North Mississippi. Oh, yeah. So you're the same sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. Lenny says you don't need need it, but it will make it all sorts easier. Yeah. We get some that are even on um, eBay or Craigslist because if the dryer works, you can. Um, Terrence says in Texas, you can just lay out the fresh driveway and it's dry in three minutes. Yep, I bet you can. Yeah, I mean, if anyone has any screen printing stuff, you can feel free to email me, and, and we can, you know, figure something out more there. But um, I would definitely make that switch, though. It's it's way better. It's easy. It, I I think it's a little easier to use minus a few little steps. But so a lot of times, these things on the show, we talk about you know running a business or building a business or building clients or building um, a following or whatever. So one of the things. Um, that I really liked learning about you was how, how much you had learned about yourself from starting your own business. Can you kind of give us some of the gists? Sure. Um, I mean, I, le I learned a lot of things personally. I still have a long way to go uh, in terms of business savvy. Um, but I definitely learned that, you know, I thought when I left, I was kind of shameful that I quit, like that I was a quitter. And, and kind of, so I kind of felt like, you know, maybe I didn't have it in me to, to be something greater than myself or to, you know, do anything on my own. Um, and the longer I went along and, and pushed myself out of that mode, I learned that uh, I have more 
resilience and, and more drive than, than I ever thought I did. Uh, it just needs to be focused in the right area. And, and so if you're not interested or you don't care about this thing, you're not going to have any, any uh, fuel. Um, so I've learned that. I've learned that, uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of drive and, and, and it's all been just pure grit and determination to, to this point. Um, and, and, and that's been a, been a huge learning lesson for me for sure. So it's, um, are you still, do you still feel shameful about quitting? I don't, I I think at the time, like, you know, like if you're, you quit little league or you quit anything, like you just feel like a quitter. Um, I don't now, like some things are good to quit, like smoking. Oh, well, yeah, I never did that. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I just, it was, it was good to get over that. Looking back now, I don't feel that way. Um, now I'm very glad I did it. Uh, yeah, it does. It gives you a lot of determination and now you know, you can make it, you know, like I always thought when I went, when I quit my job and I went to grad school and I was a bartender and a waitress, I was like, I can make it. I can do anything. And no matter what, as long as I have legs and arms and I can talk to people, I can always wait tables. You know, I can make it. It's a lot of work, but I can do it. And so I think that gave me a lot of confidence instead of like, oh my gosh, am I going to make it? Like I always feel like, hey, you know what? I can always um, just wait tables. I, sure. I think people would hire me, maybe. I don't know. Totally. I'd hire you. <laughs> maybe day I'll want- hire you. Maybe I'll what? hire you. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I want to be a checkout girl too one day, like at Winn-Dixie. And I, cause I really think you can make somebody's day better. Like sure. I always do the self checkouts personally. Cause I really like to make the thing go off. Beep, beep. And then I like to bag my own groceries. Anyway, sure. little fun fact there for no one. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I kind of learned too that like, you know, I, I, fear kind of goes away eventually. Like I was very fearful of what I was going to do. Um, and, and where I was going to make money. So like that fear, like there was all these little walls that were in front of me that like I, my preconceived notions of like what the world is like. And so a lot of it has been ripped down. It's been interesting to, um, to get past those and see that like, it doesn't have to be that way. I don't need to fear that like I, I need to be working in this corporate job cause I don't have all the stability. Like a lot of times that stability is not really, um, not really even there. It's just like a falsehood or it, it, it doesn't really exist, but it just makes you feel because that paycheck keeps being consistent. And there's so many people who work 20, 20 years, five, you know, 10 years or whatever. And they think they're, they're safe and that net gets ripped out. Um, and so for me, like this, that that's the scariest thing is to be there because I'm not in control. Um, now I'm in control of, of like what happens in my future, uh, which is an apparent empowering place to be. And, it, and scary, but it's, exactly, it's still scary. It, but yeah. every day, you know, you're in control, and you determine whether or not you are making steps towards something or t- making steps away. And sometimes you think you're making steps towards something, but really, you're just like, um, who invented the light bulb? Oh Lord, why can't I remember Edison? Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. he made a ton of the ways not to make a light bulb or electricity or whatever. Finally, instead of looking at all those as failures, he just saw them as other ways that that wasn't working, but he probably invented a ton of other things in the process, right? Sure, sure. Hey, man, Jed's on it today. <laughs> Thanks, um, Jed. Jed's like Brian Yan today. History lessons. This guy. <laughs> and and Brian's actually here. So, okay. <laughs> so, um, how about listening to yourself 
how is that critical as an entrepreneur? So we talked about kind of as a, as a designer um, and we talked about it a little bit. So how, what did you, what do you listen to yourself recently? Like, what have you said? Hey, you know what? I need to do this. Um, I mean, I just try to look at what's going on with the business and if there's, you know, something I can offer somebody or offer the, my customer base. Um, you know, sometimes I have a little bit of a, a gut feeling like, you know, that's just not what I want to offer. That's just not what I want to design or put out to the world. So I mean, I've always kind of listened to my gut until this point. Um, you know, it, to it told me to leave, uh, you know, my old agency. It told me to leave the screen printing shop that became a very toxic relationship. Um, and so I have yet for it to let me down. Um, mm -hmm. And every time I've kind of listened to like everything I should or the ideas of like what society tells you you should be scared about, um, I've been kind of uh, led in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just continue to, to look at that and, and, and listen to, to what my gut tells me to do. Now my husband's calling me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he knows I do this web show every Wednesday. So anyway, <laughs> um, so um, back to your answer, which I think is terrific. Um, <laughs> But one of the questions that me and you talked about the other day that maybe some people would want to know. So Terrence wanted to know how long you had worked. Well, I want to know how long it took you to feel recharged. Yeah. So I think my, I put my answer that I'm still getting there. Um, and I, I'm definitely more recharged than I ever was before. Um, and I look at design as an industry in a completely new way and from a different perspective uh, than before. So I'm still I'm still going through those motions, but uh, you know it's kind of a meter for me. Like one you know one day it's 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 good, and some days you might have some bad days. But um, what I can say is I've never I've never really hit as low as I was before, and so there's a lot of victory in that I think. Um, and so I'm just going to keep keep pursuing other things, keep pursuing new things, and keep things fresh for myself so that I don't get burnt out again. Good idea. And Lenny's leaving, so we'll say bye. And if anybody hey, wants to check out Lenny's shop, it's heymonkeydesign.com, right? Do it. Okay. It's awesome. Just That's design. Right. Yep. Okay. Heymonkeydesign.com. Not H-A-Y-H-E-Y. -E okay. So still learning, but definitely more recharged. Were oh, you yes. immediately more recharged, or did it take you a little bit of time? I, th I think – you know, I think going into a screen printing shop was a new experience for me. So it was a new, um, you know, new atmosphere, new learning and all that, new processes. So I think, you know, it's in a short amount of time that kind of got me moving again. Um, and then finally doing something for my own kind of added onto that. So um, the, the newness, I guess, uh, still hasn't worn off, which is good. So I still love doing it. And, and what? I think you're continuing to learn new things all the time, yeah. right? And, yeah, I have um, to. <laughs> let's talk about some of the things. So you're not just doing a web presence. You actually go to um, and sell on the street sometimes, not like literally in the middle of the street. Like, yeah, like pop-up markets. <laughs> right, right. So can you tell us a little bit? Because I think some people – So. You know, um, and I love Dustin Lee. Dustin always talks about having digital goods. What's the what's the draw? And maybe this is one of the questions. Um, I don't know. I thought about making this a question, but I didn't make this a question. Um, but the, what's the difference between what's the draw for you to make something physical, like a physical product, di as opposed to a digital product? I feel I feel like when I was making websites, they would just go online and die. Like there was no um, there was no feedback after it was launched and, and I couldn't touch it. There was no like, 
there was nothing I could see sitting on a shelf. And so it just like, it got lost. Uh, and I didn't think about it anymore. So I really like the fact that you can touch these goods. You can actually produce them. Like I said before, I do kind of like using my hands. Um, and so it just kind of made it a better fit for me. Uh, there's, there's no right or wrong, obviously. I mean, uh, I know Dustin does an awesome job with this site, but, uh, I just not, it just wasn't really for me for digital stuff. I like physical goods. Maybe one day I'll do digital. I don't know, but, but for I, now. But I think it's knowing what you need and then doing that instead of doing what maybe everybody's saying is cool or whatever. Like you really have to listen to yourself there again. You've sure. listened to yourself and said, no, this one feels more true to me. Sure. I mean, digital goods are uh, no, you know, this work, obviously, no doubt. I know Dustin could probably tell you there's, he, you know, he's, he's probably a workaholic, but um, you know, it's just, it's a little uh, harder to make a physical good, I think. And that has a lot of challenges, but I just, I don't know, for me, I just like it more. Just, I get something more out of it than just the, the, the digital stuff. So. So we have a couple questions from the audience that I want to go over before the end. So Brian Yan asked for a while ago, water-based versus plastisol, is water-based easier to work with and easier to clean up? And the answer is? Yes. Um, it's, definitely, it's definitely easier to use, um, I think. So plastisol, you can pretty much leave in your screens forever, and they really won't dry out uh, because it's got, the, it's that plastic. Um, so a lot of times like we would leave jobs like up and set up and, and the ink all in the screens and just come back in the next day and start going. So there's subtle differences, water-based, water-based dries up. You have to use a spray bottle to spray it down a little bit to, to kind of give the ink some more water because it's evaporating as you're using it. Uh, and you have to clean out your screens. You can't really leave them, um, just sitting, uh, or it'll dry the screen out. So there's little differences, but I feel like the cleanup's a lot easier. The smell and the chemicals are, are very um, non-existent with water-based for the most part. Uh, so I would definitely look into doing water-based. So, it was, it was like a world of difference for me. So Brian White says one of them dries a heck of a lot faster, though. So which one, Plastisol or water-based? Water-based ink. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so in the... Uh, different. Well, and it, just, it just doesn't feel very good. Like if you want like a, so I want, you know, to push this brand and I, I have a long ways, but I want to push this brand that, that everything's as quality as it can. And there's a lot of plastic There's nothing necessarily wrong, I guess with it, but it just has a different feel. It doesn't have the vintage feel. You don't get to feel the shirt as much. You just feel this big plastic uh, you know, thing on your chest. It feels like a jersey from like middle school when yeah. you, right? Like your number, you could like feel your number. Right, exactly. And I, I don't like that. That doesn't, to me, and that's, this that just feels like a t-shirt. You right. can't tell where the ink is. Right. And it has more of a vintage feel. It's a light hand feel. It's great. So, um, I mean, there's some plastisol inks and some soft inks that are a lot better, but they're still not water basing. <laughs> Joe says, uh, which I love Joe Carter Brown. He says, uh, plastisol feels like you're wearing a huge yeah. shield on your chest. No, it totally which, does. It totally does. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Nate wants to know, um, are you living off humbly, uh, humbly made now? And what rough percentage of your income? Look at that. Everybody's in percentage. They want these numbers. <laughs> I'll give them to you. Um, yes, I. Did you finish the question? Yes. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm I'm living off of uh, the t-shirts. Uh, I also, like I said, I'm opened up uh, custom printing, um, so that kind of subsidizes things as well. Um, and then I also do like, uh, a, like I said, a little bit of freelance, but it's not very much. I mean, at this point I might, I probably haven't done a freelance project in three or four months. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm you know, it, it's mostly humbly made like 90%. We'll say 90% if you want a number. 
Ooh, okay, yeah, we like numbers. All right. All right, so random question from Abby earlier, but I wasn't gonna let it go, and I have two other after Abby's. Low priority question, she says, maybe at the end of the show, so I got it for you, Abby. Okay. Do you right. know the band Rainbow Kitten Surprise? They're local to North Carolina. I've heard of them, but I'm not super familiar with them. Um, maybe I need to look them up. Is she in here? Do I, do I need to look them up? Yeah, she says, go see them, all caps. Go see, They're okay. Spotify, right. she says. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll check them out. There is a decent little indie music scene here, so I need to get more hip with that. But um, <laughs> I just read Nate's in a weird way, so let me read Joe's other question. Joe said, what did you least expect upon entering business for yourself? What did I least expect? Mm -hmm. What did you not uh, plan for, I guess? I didn't plan for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan for one thing. I just did it. Um, I, I seriously, I had, there's, there's really still now, like, you know, there's not there's really all, like, there's always really surprises. Like, I mean, yeah, there's always surprises. Um, you know, produce like ha actually having to produce the goods was, it was a hard thing to figure out. Um, I never, I guess this is one. I, I never really thought I'd have to be an accountant. I never really thought I'd have to, um, you know, kind of be a marketer. Like you have to wear all these different hats. So, uh, there's definitely little tasks and jobs that you have to learn on the fly. Um, that you didn't think you would before. Uh, so, yeah. So Nate asked a question. I just tried to um, say why I was, so we were talking about recharge, you know, it's design recharge. And um, so <laughs> um, Nate says, have you tried discharge? And I was like, what? Oh, like, that's yeah. what he was doing at his other job. But anyway, um, he said, I love the way it comes out. And then he says over in the chat, he says, discharge is a kind of ink process, by the way, which I just, yeah. That yeah, I so, didn't understand what he meant. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool process. It's I mean, it's water-based. Well, I mean, I think you can do it. I don't know if you yeah, it's just water-based. Uh, but basically, it's it's what the ink does is it dyes the shirt instead of just like, you know, plastisol lays on top of the shirt. Water-based soaks into the fibers of the shirt. That's why you don't really feel anything. Um, and Discharge uh, is water-based, but it basically you add this additive to it that takes away the dye of the shirt, so your shirt's blue. Um, and it will take that blue away and re-dye it with whatever the color of your ink that you've mixed in with the, with the solution. So uh, it only dyes with, with, um, with the cotton of the shirt. So if you have a tri-blend shirt or a 50-50 shirt, it's, it's only able to dye a smaller percentage of that shirt. Um, you know, so 100% cottons will probably be the, the best result. But if you don't want 100% cotton, then, you know. Man, yeah, it's a cool process. All the math and percentages today. Man, it's <laughs> like we should name the show Math with Mitch. Uh, <laughs> all right, not, so that's not me. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure we mentioned this designer collection, this designer series. Totally. Um, how has teaming up, so really it was just you making everything. And so yep. why did you decide to team up with um, other people? And how has that, building those relationships and doing this, this kind of, um, collaboration helped you grow your business and then I'll ask you the rest of it yeah so that was the hardest part for me for like the first like year or so was like actually turning out enough new stuff um, on my own because I was also printing it so designing printing maybe a tiny bit of freelance customer service all that stuff and so next thing you know like a year goes by and you've only done like a few shirts and it's not really enough to to look like a brand um, and so doing this collaborative collabor collaboration, excuse me, jeez, uh, can't talk. Collab. Um, yeah, collab. Uh, doing this collab with all these people has been awesome because it's been able to keep the shop fresh. 
it's kind of introduced uh, the brand to other networks that weren't there before. And so that's, it's kind of pulling their networks in as well. Um, but more than anything, it's just been really awesome to learn other people's stories, connect with them, uh, maybe give them an avenue to make a, you know, some, some, a few dollars in their pocket as well. Um, and so I think the biggest part of it is the relationships that I've built out of it and where those relationships will go in the future. I mean, a lot of them, like I'll talk to Scott Fuller a good amount now. Um, Ryan's a good buddy. I'll talk to him quite a bit. I would have before anyways, but, um, you know, some of these people, you know, might be interested in working again together in the future or, uh, you know, some of these shirts might come back. So it's been very fruitful for the relationship part and the networking for me. So one of the things I thought was really great is that actually you were just buying the rights of the shirt. They actually or the design to print for this smaller run, right? It wasn't like something that you owned all out. They right. actually, you still really valued the um, the artists and you wanted to make sure that they were still given a priority for totally. your design, right? To totally, yeah. I don't I don't want to own the designs. If, you, if you're interested in working with me and, and we, we put out something together and it does well and you're interested to continue it, maybe more of a full-time shirt or something, that's great, um, but I don't want to own it. Like, because I know as a designer, I would have a hard, a harder time with that, with this kind of a model, because it's a shared revenue model. Um, and so, I, w I wouldn't want that for myself. Not to say that I won't work with people and pay them at some point uh, in the future, maybe to help me um, more. But for this particular project, I didn't want to own the designs because I, I just I knew it would be hard to get people interested in that because they I don't want to give you my design forever. Um, so. so when did you start Humbly Made? What year? Uh, I'd say I've been doing this for about 18 months, so whatever that math is. Um, more math. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was about a year after, give or take, when I left, uh, left my job. So it was... 2014 sometime, probably. Yeah, yeah, so would be about the mark. Kent wanted to know, um, are you selling your own designs? And yes, up until this January, was that the first time that you'd started selling other people's? Yeah, so the beginning of this year was the first time I did this project. Uh, so before that, it was just pretty much local shirts. Um, so if you go to the site, I'm like in this weird transition phase of the brand and, and trying to figure out exactly what it was or what it is. Um, I started it with the, the idea of just, I need me, I, I need some kind of income. And so it was kind of a necessity and now I'm kind of taking a step back and looking at it and going, okay, what really is the mission? So this project has kind of uh, given me some light to what that is and kind of pushed it in a new direction. Um, so if you go on there now, you'll see some local stuff. You'll see all these cool, awesome uh, designs. And so it's a, it's a little weird uh, uh, together, but we'll, we'll, we'll bridge the gap. We'll get it. We'll get it there. Right. Okay. So, um, there was another question that I wanted to make. Oh, a couple more came in. So, um, uh, so Nate, I think asked earlier and he didn't write a question question. I think you can do something like there's a question thing down there, but Nate had asked and I'm going to probably butcher it cause I'm not going to scroll up to try to find it. But I think it was something like this. Um, Nate, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, about selling like pop-up shops and selling things like that. Can you kind of give people like, what is that, what to look for when you're looking for, somebody said like food trucks or something, is that, how do you know a good uh, market segment to know if this is worth your time or your money? That's hard. I mean, it just depends on your area. Like here. Oh, it was trend. Steven. Sorry, it wasn't me. Okay. Pop-up uh, sales, he said. Uh, oh, I mean, here, 
here in the triangle, like there's a lot of it, like it's a huge boom for, for Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. Uh, so I'm kind of fortunate in, in that sense because there's all, all kinds of outdoor events, food truck rodeos and things like that. But really you just have to go to them and try them out once. Um, they're starting to get a little selective around here. and they're, like, Some of them are actually really hard to get into, uh, which to me is really hard to understand because, you know, to me, I'm just like, it's just a pop-up shop or a flea market kind of thing. But they are getting very kind of selective. So you just got to try them. And, 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 and if they're not worth it, don't go back. So they, they typically are, though. I mean, you're going to get a little shot of cash in the arm because you're just you're where the people are. And those people are out there to spend money they're there to buy the food at the food the food trucks they're there to you know buy the ten dollar euros and and whatever so they're there to spend some money so you'll it'll you'll you'll make some cash so we have a few more questions um jordan wants to know many of the t-shirts for the designer series except lenny's i think has been tight based is that the preferred aesthetic or focus for humbly made not necessarily. It's just kind of been what the designers uh, kind of wanted to do. Um, I think they're kind of followed in line. Like they've seen what the other one's done. And so they've kind of followed suit a little bit. It definitely will be type driven, um, but it's not necessarily going to be. I think it's going to eventually be a nice little mix of illustration and, and uh, type. Um, but that's just kind of where we put all these, all these shirts. A lot of them have a message. So that's obviously the easiest thing to do is just type. So Doc said everybody was lazy except Lenny, and he's including himself. So Doc was number one. He was the maker's going to make, which I love that shirt too. Well, I, so I don't know how much time we have left because I think we, I don't know when you, uh, I don't know if we're ready I know, to. we've already gone past the time, but you can go. Keep talking. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, so quick funny story with Doc. Uh, he was the first one. He really helped me out in January. I had this idea to do this project this year. I needed something new for the shop, not just local shirts. I wanted to do something new this year. And so uh, I knew of Doc, and I'd never met him until whatever it was, a couple of months or a month ago at WMC, whatever, whenever that was. Um, and so he helped me out, and he said, hey, man, I'm getting ready to move to Charlotte. I'm getting ready to uh, you know, go through this whole life-changing event, changing careers, but I want to do this project with you. And I was like, cool, man. Well, it's January 3rd or something. I'm already like a couple days late. Are you sure you can still do this? Because I, I didn't have the idea until probably December you know, right after Christmas. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll commit to a whole year of uh, designs and try to find 12 people who are willing to work with me, you know, who don't know me at all. Uh, so Doc threw this thing out and, and, uh, and it did really well. So thanks for that, Doc. You, you, you saved the project because otherwise January would have passed and it wouldn't have happened. So I love Doc Reed. I've had him on. If you yeah. want to watch his show, it's um, in the archives. Um, so Brian Yan wants to know, do you have a one year, two year or to your business plan written, planned for Humbly Made, since we know you're not a planner, Mitch. Have you, um, he says he's never written one, but he would like to take some side projects to more of a business model, if that makes sense. Sure, I mean, I, I don't, and I probably should. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, this is by no means just me being, you know, the, the, the guy who knows everything and, and follow my footsteps and you'll find success. I'm still trying to figure all this out. I'm just stumbling my way through the dark with a tiny little flashlight. Uh, you know, swinging my arms as hard as I can to hit something. And, and so I don't have a plan. I don't have a two-year plan. I've kind of approached this thing as like a, a lifestyle for me. And as long as it continues to kind of make an income and, 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 and move forward and I see progress, I mean, I set little goals and I set things that I want to see happen. Um, but I don't, 
I don't have like, you know, by year two, I need to be making X amount by, you know, or X amount of shirt sales. Um, cause I'm still, I'm still getting to that business side of things. I'm a designer playing businessman, uh, not right. the other way. So a ton of people, Jordan starts off, um, asks the question as someone who does more illustrative work, is there an opportunity to collaborate with you and feature pictorial works? And then also Steph says, Hey Mitch, if you need a designer for 2017, which I'm huge, like trying to encourage him to do this again next year. Yeah. So I actually think it's really good, but I think people need to get, um, with 12 months, you think, oh, you can, can't you see that I'm doing this? But then I actually think people need to do, uh, you need to do it more than one year. Just like sure. somebody said for you to keep doing it, something for two years, keep putting your foot in front of it. Right. So, um, so um, anyway, and then Kent asked, do you take submissions that you didn't ask for? Uh, I haven't yet, um, but I would be interested to. I mean, it, it's definitely... I'm definitely open to collaborating more with more people and not just like on a one month per person basis. It's just, I, I put those constraints on it for now because it's just me and I wanted to make this a, a clear path. I actually did plan this uh, out. And so I wanted it to be a little more niche and feature each person for a whole month uh, and give them the spotlight. So if anyone's interested, like I'm definitely considering doing it again next year. So I will have to find 12 new uh, amazing faces and maybe we'll do 24, you know, maybe we'll do two a month next year. But um, if you're interested, definitely reach out. I would love to, to chat. So Mitch at humblymade.com is how yeah. to, to talk to him. So one last question. I'll put it back on the chat again. Okay. Um, Fabio wants to know, how is the pre-sale model working for you? Which is actually what you're doing. So you're pre-selling before right. you print the shirts, which is the, you're taking the guesswork out and you're not printing more than what you need, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, it's, it's working well. It, it works well for me in my situation. Um, some people don't like pre-order models. Uh, some people do. Um, I like it because of where I am and it helps me keep track of things and I'm, I'm able to cover the cost of something that I otherwise maybe wouldn't have been able to um, and still provide like a really cool message or, or t-shirt for somebody. So uh, it, works, it works well for me. Um, but it, it may not be for everybody or every product. Right. Okay. Well, I think we answered all the questions. Thank you guys for your awesome. Um, and, and like Amy says, uh, she wants to do a t-shirt. Jason Frost told him. Yeah, Jason, Jason's on me. We'll do it, Jason. Don't worry, buddy. We're going to knock it out. So, but I think it's good to know. And it gives some people hope just if they don't want to do a whole thing, you know, yeah. a whole business, they could just do a, maybe a collaborative project or whatever. Sure. So Fabio did this one right here. That's pretty and, sweet. Um, he also is really big at um, like he gives you extra when you buy stuff. So um, you're on my new sketchbook, but he gave me two extras. So he gave me one sticker. Boom. And Oh, this is a, it's a beer guy. I mean, obviously that's a, but he uh, also does coffee too. All right. But I'm a big I'm Go a big ahead. beer fan. I'm a big craft beer guy. Yeah. So, is it fuzzy to you? Is it what? Look, well, this like it's focused. Uh, I mean, it's I don't know. You're, Let me do maybe, my focus test. Maybe the camera's wigging out a bit. There. Now. Now it's focused. <laughs> <laughs> that That's how funny. I have to focus before the show. I get my out. Oh, really? And then I come back, and then it focuses on me because otherwise I'm all. But I wanted to show you what the um, thing, what his stuff was. So he's 21 creative. I know that's not focused. There we go. 
So that's Fabio, and I think it's backwards, but you can do a little um, work. So anyway, we mentioned a couple things. I'm going to re-shout out Scotty uh, Russell's new Thanks, podcast. And definitely um, check it out. It's great. Really, they're quick little inspirations, and they've helped Mitch and me. And um, you can also, if you have any questions about screen printing, you can um, reach out to Mitch. Or if you have questions about T-shirts or you want to submit a design, and he isn't he isn't saying he's going to take submissions, but he would be willing to talk about it, right? Sure, um, no, absolutely. And so then I, I don't can, I don't want the site to turn into a submission site. I'm not. Right. My goal wasn't to start like a new cotton beer or anything like that. This was just a fun little project for me to start and just give me something to do for the year and try to make some kind of means. Um, but if this thing snowballs into something, you know, we'll see where it goes. But uh, I'll definitely chat with anybody. Right. Shout out to Zach too. He he just put it in the chats. Four out of seven days a week, I'm wearing humbly made shirt. I appreciate it, man. That guy had. Uh, I think he ha almost had every single one of them up until like the uh, fifth or sixth month or something. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Zach. So I just want to make sure you guys know how to get in touch with Mitch if you don't want to just um, if you want to buy a T-shirt or do the pre-sales. You can get on his web, uh, get on his newsletter, and then he will remind you in the middle of the month. But you really have to do it in a certain amount of time. But you can sign up for his. Um, email newsletter and check out his site at humblymade.com and then you can also check him out on Twitter at humblymadebrand and I'm going to put these in the chat as well and they'll be in the show notes and then on Instagram humblymadebrand and then also on Dribble you can find did it do it yeah and then on Dribble it's just humblymade dot no 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 I'm sorry Mitch Shepard yeah it's just me as a person personally because I am a person you are a person you are not just a yeah. brand yeah and make sure if you're interested make sure to sign up for that newsletter because it's at the bottom if you scroll it down um, I sent out some cool stuff like I try to be transparent in the blogs and send out like cool like behind the scenes stuff getting made and all that stuff so you can see us in the, in the shop actually printing the shirts which I thought was pretty fun so well yeah so follow him he does some videos on instagram also so which i always kind of like seeing how people are using video i'm but trying i'm trying to bring video into it a little bit i'm trying so next week um another one of my favorite people who's helped me so much and is so smart and so humble and he has like a he's got a lot of knowledge but he also has his hands in a lot of jars and i think it makes him a better designer it makes him um, a, a better person just because he paints and then he, he does woodcuts. So it's Brian White. So I'm super excited. Um, you guys got to come out and support Brian next week. And I just love this guy. So can't wait to have him on. And anyway, thank you guys so much for staying late. Thank you, Mitch. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.